I acknowledge that the land I work, live, and play on is the unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Welcome to Van X Van, uh, episode 58. I'm your host, Doug Vandalay, and, and I'm joined today by producer and co-host of the Artful Conversations podcast, co-founder of the Alberta Podcast Network, and all-around marketing powerhouse, Katrina Ingram. So how's it going, Katrina? Going well. Great to be here, Doug. I had the pleasure of speaking on a panel with you during Vancouver Podcast Festival, and your biography is really impressive. Could you tell us how you got your start in broadcasting? Absolutely. It, uh, it was kind of a roundabout way that I, I got into uh, broadcasting, radio specifically. So I'm a marketer by trade, and I worked in a lot of different marketing uh, jobs. And at this one job in particular, I used to always walk past this CBC broadcast building uh, in Vancouver uh, every day. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be really cool to go and work for the CBC one day? And so um, at some point, I decided I was going to quit my job and throw my hat in the ring for a job that had come up at the CBC. And this was a communications job. So it wasn't anywhere near the broadcasting uh, side of things, being on the air and that sort of thing. But it was something that I, I knew I could do. And I landed the gig, and that kind of kicked off my my whole uh, broadcasting journey. So I was at the CBC for a couple of years in Vancouver. Um, my husband had an opportunity to move to Edmonton, and that led to a whole career working in community radio, um, where I was for almost a decade, uh, first as director of marketing, and then later as chief operating officer of CKUA Radio. Um, and then following that, uh, in 2017, I decided it was time for a bit of a change, and that's when I got involved in podcasting in a bigger way. Um, I hooked up with Karen Unland, and together we launched the Alberta Podcast Network. Um, and then from there, I also have been doing some of my own podcasts, as you mentioned. So the, the Alberta Podcast Network, what actually led up to uh, you launching that with your business partner? A lot of different pieces. Um, so I guess first and foremost, um, I had become a podcast fan over the years. Obviously, um, I love audio and CKUA where I was working with a music station and we did a lot of really great things uh, with music, but I also love storytelling. And so I became a fan of, of a whole range of, of different podcasts. But what I wasn't hearing is a lot of local voices. And when I say local, um, I mean Canadian local, but I also mean local to Alberta and to Edmonton. Um, so I met Karen through um, a mutual friend, and she was going through a lot of changes as well. So she is a journalist by trade uh, on the newspaper side of the business. And as we know, uh, media has hit a lot of tough times, especially newspapers. And so she had recently left her uh, job with the Edmonton Journal, and she had done some coursework down in the States and became really enamored of podcasting. So we kind of both had this shared love of, of audio and podcasting in particular. So I was still at CKUA uh, at this point in my career, but Karen had started exploring this idea of trying to create a business around podcasting. And she'd had some interesting conversations um, with ATB Financial, which is a pretty innovative uh, banking group uh, based out of Alberta. And um, they were quite enamored with this idea. So Karen and I started talking. We started talking more with ATB. And the whole thing started forming into a bit of a business plan. And that's really, um, th those were the early roots of the Alberta Podcast Network. 
So you came out of the gate with a with a sponsor or with funding? We did, yeah, and we were we were very fortunate. I mean, I I don't say it lightly because um, Karen put in several years of work uh, into the project, uh, thinking about the plan, how it would come together, what it was going to look like, learning about uh, the craft of podcasting itself. Um, and by the time I got involved, there was still another six months of, of hard work in, in discussions with ATB. Um, so we were extremely fortunate to have ATB as a sponsor, but um, it was also a lot of hard work to get there. What went into finding that sponsor in the first place? Was it weeks of pitches, uh, looking around, or was it just kismet in the end? Um, I think it was a little bit of both. There was definitely a sense of this is what, you know, mostly from Karen, this is what I want to build, who might be on board with that. Um, so there was kind of that piece of it. But there was also a little bit of serendipity in that um, Karen had been uh, having some conversations with people that she knows um, who happened to work at ATB. Um, ATB happened to have a campaign that was called ATB Listens. So there was a little bit of alignment there. Um, so I think it was sort of that whole thing where, you know, preparation meets opportunity and then there's a spark and you kind of take it from there so i think it was a little bit of both and the network's still with itb absolutely yeah we're in our third year now and we feel extremely fortunate to have them on board um, and allow us to uh, to do the good work that we're doing there is 50 podcasters um, that are that's part of the network um, at the moment and it's a wide range of uh, genres of different types of podcasts so yeah, it's still going strong. What's the process for accepting pitches and bringing on new podcasts into your network? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we try and look for, well, first and foremost, um, we support Alberta-based creators. And that's really, you know, ATB's mandate um, as a sponsor is to serve Albertans from a financial perspective. And our vision for the network is right in the name, Alberta Podcast Network. And so we really are quite focused um, geographically on Alberta. In terms of the type of podcast, it really runs the gamut. Um, so we're not necessarily married to any one genre of podcast. We look for uh, commitment and quality. Commitment is a big thing, I think, in podcasting. So lots of people have an idea for a podcast. And maybe they go off and they make an episode or they make two episodes, but by episode three, they feel a little bit lost or they're not as committed to uh, the process anymore. And given that, you know, a key piece of the business is being able to deliver on advertising, um, not only for ATB, our primary sponsor, but also for other advertisers, um, local advertisers that we bring on the network, having reliable, consistent uh, podcasts is critical to the success of the network. So we look for someone who's serious about um, podcasting and that might look like they've they've had a bit of a, a track record as an amateur uh, for a while they're committed to the craft and then you know part of it I think is just the sensibility that that Karen's bringing to the curation process so she will take a listen to people who've pitched uh, being on the network and just get a, a general sense of the quality uh, of their product what what was that statistic I think we talked about in the panel like 85 percent of podcasts uh, have uh three or less episodes yeah it's some yeah it's some really high statistic like that and um i can understand why um because i i think that i think that planning a podcast effectively takes a bit of work it's not as easy some people think oh it's as easy as turning on the microphone we'll talk into it 
we'll, you know, we'll hit record and we'll have, you know, a podcast. And so, I mean, that's true at a certain level, but at another level, if you're getting more serious about your craft, you need to think about what, what am I trying to deliver? How, what is the value I'm trying to add to the people who will be listening to this podcast later on? Where am I going um, with this idea and how do I execute on that and do it well consistently over time? Um, and I don't think that necessarily means that you have to pump something out on a, you know, a, a weekly basis or, you know, even biweekly. I think it's about picking a set time that could be monthly. Um, so setting an expectation with your audience and then delivering on that expectation over time. And how much does the, uh, the network itself get involved with the production of the podcast on the network? We really don't get involved with the production, and that's why it's really critical coming into the network that, you know, the folks that are in the network really have a handle on that themselves. We do have opportunities to share information, so we might do a meetup where we talk about, you know, um, better ways to to record audio or, or things that are, you know, going to help people enhance their craft. But in terms of actually getting involved in the hands-on piece, we don't. Um, the one thing we do is make sure that the advertising is being delivered on. And that is, you know, that's a key piece of being in the network as well. What you're really signing up for is reading ads on your podcast that people have paid for. And then that, you know, that is a key piece of being in the network and getting paid to deliver your product. So that's the piece that we tend to, you know, stay involved with more than the actual production. And so it's, it's mostly distribution that's handled on the network end? Yeah, it's distribution, it's um, the sale of the advertising, it's paying the podcasters some money to be able to deliver on their craft. So it's, you know, it's those, and it's also, you know, community at the end of the day too, like making sure that we're sharing information as a community here in Alberta. Hey, my name is Eric. I'm Piers. And this is Podcast vs. Podcast. You're listening to us here on the Cave Goblin Network. We take turns pitching podcasts to each other. We're trying to find a good podcast to do because we don't have any ideas. So turn off whatever show you're listening to. Turn on our show. And how do you do that? Do you use a, a, a Slack channel? or? Yeah, we do. Um, Slack's been really great. So we've used a Slack channel. We've also done some in-person meetups as well. So um, that's just another way of staying connected um, to people. But primarily it's been over Slack. So one thing you mentioned during the panel is that you actually left the network at one point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I guess to clarify, um, I left the network in the sense that I didn't see how the network was going to support two people right away from a business standpoint. And so I went out and got a, another full-time job um, somewhere else. So I've always been involved in the network as an advisor. Initially, when we launched it, um, we had big plans. We thought we were going to sell lots of advertising. And um, as things kind of moved through the first few months, we realized that perhaps that was just a little bit ambitious. And so, you know, I, I guess I, I left it from the sense of thinking that this is going to be the job that pays my bills. But I, I've always been involved in the network kind of more as an advisor, um, more so than, you know, work, working in the business actively day to day the way Karen does. Do you think that'll ever change back to both of you being full-time? Um, I don't know. It's one of those things where, I mean, I think that, you know, things are always constantly changing and evolving. So it's so hard to predict the future. I'm open to the possibilities of where things might go with the network. And certainly I'm really, you know, I'm really happy 
how things have evolved over the last three years. I'm not sure what other revenue streams there might be. I, I have some concerns, I guess, in saying that I think advertising um, is necessarily the best way to drive revenue. Um, but I'm kind of, I'm open to the possibility. Let's say that. We briefly touched on earlier your podcast, uh, Upful Conversations. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, you bet. Um, so Artful Conversations with a production of McEwen University. So I work at McEwen University as a sessional instructor, and I've been doing that for years. And one of the other instructors there was really interested in putting together an educational podcast about arts management. So I teach in the arts management um, area, and we just felt there were so many compelling stories about arts management. So these are the people who would be the executive directors or the management behind arts organizations. And what we wanted to do is provide our students with a resource other than text, because there's a lot of reading that happens when you're a student. And there's such a richness to podcasting. It's such a great delivery um, mechanism for, for learning and conversation. And so um, this was the idea. Um, we then needed to fund it. So uh, my colleague went out and she found some grant money to fund this particular podcast. We assembled a team of people. So uh, my colleague, Annette Latham, who is the other co-host, myself, and we tapped into the richness of the university. So there was actually a recording studio and a music program at Uni- uh, McEwen University that we were able to tap into. And there's lots of students who wanted to work on a podcast project as interns. And so it was really cool because we were able to assemble this little team. And we made 10 episodes of uh, Artful Conversations as season one. And we covered everything from topics such as project management to event management, um, to where, you know, where the arts is going in a more general sense, issues around funding and so forth. And we're working on a season two. It's still a little bit uncertain as to when exactly that will launch, but the plan is to deliver a season two. Well, that sounds completely up my alley, actually. So a lot of things yeah. I've wondered about art. So is that uh, part of the curriculum now? It is part of the curriculum. So all of the podcasts are available for any of the instructors to use and build into their coursework. Um, and so we have a platform uh, at McEwen that allows people to pull that audio in. Plus, it's just great um, information for the general public. And so, of course, it's published on iTunes and other podcast platforms as well. And have you been uh, involved personally in any other podcasts on the network? Um, yes, I actually have my own podcast called Back to School Again, which is part of the Alberta Podcast Network. And that is about my own journey in going back to grad school to pursue a master's degree in as an older student. So it's been 20 years since the last time I did my undergrad degree. And um, I wanted to uh, talk about that process with other people who were also going back to school in midlife. So I've been part of the network for a couple of years now, and I just launched season two of my podcast uh, this past September. So you're working full time, you're advising on this network, and you're studying a master's degree. Yes, actually, I'm not working full time right at the moment. I I was going to ask when you fit in time for (laughs) sleep and eat. Uh, yeah, I am. Um, it was pretty full on until June of this year, but I decided to take a bit of a step back and um, 
cut my my work down to a little bit more of a part-time three-quarter time kind of scenario and and make a little bit more room for school um, especially since I'm going into my final year of school so I'm about to get a lot busier with my research so I think burnout was something we talked uh, quite a lot about on the panel um, and mm-hmm. it's it's a hard thing when pursuing your own projects to to come to terms with because uh, the thing about working for yourself and and working on these passion projects is not a lot happens when you're not actively putting your nose to the grindstone for it to get to a point where it's successful enough to support you you can often work it work yourself to the bone mm-hmm. and um yeah. so i'm wondering uh what kind of uh methods do you have to keep that in check for yourself and to uh make sure you don't become burnt out Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a real problem for sure. I'm not sure I'm doing a great job of that at the moment. I am. I'm pretty much putting in, you know, the seven days a week. Every day just kind of blurs into the next day, and and the list seems, you know, like it's never ending. I think one thing I do make sure I do is I, I do make time to get out uh, for walks and for exercise, and so I I put in a little bit of that self care into my routine. So even though there's a lot going on on any given day. I do try and prioritize those things because for me, you know, health is one of the most important things. And if you're not healthy, there's no way you can cope with, um, with getting all the work done. So that's a huge priority for me. And I guess the other thing I do is I do throw boundaries around what the expectations are. So for example, with my back to school again, podcast, I record that in seasons and I batch record over the summer when I'm less busy as a student and I have a bit more time to spend sourcing, finding guests and doing the recording and, and so forth. And then in the fall, I package everything up and I release it every one episode every two weeks. And so I don't feel like I'm scrambling, like I'm on that treadmill of trying to figure out who the guest is going to be next week and what we're going to talk about and getting all our questions done. I think that for me would be a huge source of stress. And I I don't want my creative projects to be um, a source of stress. I, I do want them to be as joyful as possible. So mostly what I'm doing right now is I, I spend time uh, doing the marketing side of things, which you know can't be underestimated either. So rolling out the audio and then making sure you know it's promoted on social media and other channels. So those are some ways I try and keep things as manageable as possible. So speaking of that marketing, what would be your advice to new podcasters, uh, smaller podcasters on some the basically the the basics of marketing to get them from that you know 15 15 downloads to 100. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's really interesting. I so when we were when we met each other on the panel, it's part of the Vancouver Podfest, and there was a gentleman there who has become uh, quite famous in in the podcast community. His name is Mike Brown, and he has a podcast called Dark Poutine, um, which is getting like, millions of downloads now, which is quite amazing. And what I learned from listening to Mike, and this this resonates with me as well as as being true, is to really find your community and get engaged with that community as early as possible. Mike actually wound up doing that even before he started recording his podcast. He started hanging out in the true crime Facebook pages and going to conferences and meeting people and getting connected and becoming known in that community. And so when he launched his podcast and had this valuable offering for that community, he was already a bit of an entity there. And that kind of helped him 
you know, build brick by brick in terms of um, his own listenership. So I think that's something, you know, whether you're, you're doing a podcast on uh, going back to school the way I am, or you're doing a politics-based podcast, whatever that topic is, maybe find your tribe and then um, try and see how you can add value to that tribe. So it's not a case of just going in there and posting your links. You've got to actually contribute and give back maybe maybe even before taking absolutely yeah i think that you know the way podcasts are today i think there's something like 700 800,000 podcasts on itunes like it's pretty much there's so many of them and there's more and more every day i think if we're you know just going to try and post our links and think someone's going to find us it's um it's a bit of a needle in a haystack and so i think it makes more sense to go and find like-minded people see how you can connect with them and then from there add value with your podcast you know i'm i'm uh i'm absorbing some of this myself talking to you this is like Mm -hmm. a almost like a a free marketing consultation for me (laughs) which is which is great i have an ulterior motive uh there i've got uh, there i've gone and said it now i'm taking and not giving back (laughs) you'll give back to your listeners doug right like that's your giving back yeah, there we go. There we go. And you know, on a on a rainy day, I'm gonna get a call from you, like, Doug. It's time. I'm uh, I'm calling in the favor. <laughs> but anyway, thanks so much for coming and talking to me on the podcast today. Oh, you're welcome. Um, where can but, uh, our listeners find more of your work? Absolutely. Uh, Back to school again.ca is where you can find um, all of the episodes of Back to School Again, um, my podcast. Artfulconversations.ca is where you can find episodes of the Artful Conversation podcast. And the Alberta Podcast Network.com has a, a whole range of podcasts and more information about network. Thanks for listening to Van X Van. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Vandelay and the show at Van X Vancast. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podchaser or iTunes. It's the best way for us to grow at no cost to you. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cavegoblins. I'm Doug Vandelay. See you next time. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.